Go follow us on Instagram, please, and thank you. Who never do for do? Yeah, wings with friends. Ah, wings with friends. You got to get the wings to be with the friends. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Wings with Friends. I'm your host, Mary Upchurch. Thank you so much for being here in our 101 first one. 101, 101st episode. <laughs> it's our one after our 100th episode. And that's not nothing, okay? I am so excited to be here with a fantastic comedian and person. Please welcome Geneva Joy. Hi. Hi, Mary. How are you? I'm fine. Just in New Orleans chilling. How is New Orleans? New Orleans is good right now. Um, the weather's nice and cool and mild. Like this is when everybody loves to be out. Um, we we are now allowed to have to go drinks again. That announcement came out today, but only to go drinks from restaurants with food. So a lot of the dive bars are still just like closed. So. Oh yeah, because you normally you can drink outside in New Orleans. Yes, and which they had to stop it just because the numbers are rising so much that people keep congregating. This is a party town, yeah. and people don't stop for anything. Uh-huh. Even like hurricanes, like you have a hurricane party. Um, <laughs> it's, it's stupid. Like like you get everything together, you get your house together, you get your emergency supplies together, you put on your rain boots, and then you go to your friend's house and you hang out and try to see if, if it's time to evacuate or swim away or whatever. And then you just wake up the next day drunk, like, oh, nothing happened. We're good. Isn't that how a lot of hurricane babies are made, too? I I suspect that's most of the population of the city. I don't know. (laughs) But, so like, they had to stop our to-go drinks because people were just like, okay, we can't be in the bars, so we'll hang out outside the bar. Mm. Because, like, all the bars are doing, like, window service. So then people were just hanging out around the bar, so the mayor had to shut it down because we, we, we don't know how to act. (laughs) <laughs> well it's hard i mean yeah covid party sounds fun but that's exactly what not to do you know um i had the pleasure of meeting geneva joy last year at big pine comedy festival um tell us a little bit about you who are you what makes you so special oh i don't think i'm that much more special than everybody but i am yeah um, <laughs> i am um, i just turned 40 woo woo uh, Some days that's a good thing. Some days it freaks me out. But I just turned 40. Um, I'm from Philadelphia originally. I've been living in New Orleans. It would be five years on Halloween or mystery night, the day before Halloween. (laughs) Um, I love glitter. I was born on Martha Stewart's 39th birthday. That's one of my favorite personal facts (laughs) because I love Stewart. Wait, did you say Martha Stewart or Marcus Stewart? Martha Stewart. (laughs) You were born on her birthday? Her 39th birthday. So last year was my Martha year. Nice. You have the Jesus year. That was my Martha. Okay, I'm going to write that down because we need to get into that a little bit, a little bit deeper. Um, Also, you are the founder, creator, producer of the Black Girl Giggles Comedy Festival in New Orleans. Yes, I am. When did you create this festival? Tell me a little bit about it. Well, it actually happened by complete accident. Um, what happened was I am part of a group here called Young Funny. It's a local comedy crew, and I'm the only woman in Young Funny. And they were very supportive of me. Like, the minute I moved to New Orleans, I met the founder of Young Funny, John Rowe, who has passed on. Um and he put a lot of support behind me, introducing me to the rest of the New Orleans comedy community. And I've always had a lot of support, but I've noticed that a lot of other black women didn't. And I noticed that even in Philly, when I was trying to start doing comedy, I would show up to events and I wouldn't see many black women at the time I tried to start. Um, and I felt uncomfortable. I felt unwanted. I remember I went to a place in Philadelphia and they were like, um, I was I signed up on the list and I was standing by the list and somebody tried to order like chicken fingers through me. And I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like I, I, like, I obviously couldn't have been there for. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so when I got that amount of support, um, I wanted to extend that because I would only see black women every now and then when I first came here. I would see one pop up, and then I wouldn't see her again for months. 
and I kind of understood, like I kind of just left my life and came to New Orleans. So I had the time, but I understand how a bunch of women in general don't normally have the time. So like when I started seeing the women on the scene, I started kind of collecting us and making sure we all knew each other mm-hmm. and that we would have like little barbecues or like little um, potlucks or wine and cheeses or like, you know, pregame. We pregame yeah. before different and show up in groups or whatever. And then it was Essence Festival here in New Orleans every summer. And I said, how about we try to do a show? Like an all black women show, it's Essence. I'm pretty sure some people will come to it, whatever. And so what I did is I asked the larger community, the people who ran all the showrunners, like, hey, what are you doing with the show that weekend? Because a lot of people, because it gets so crowded, they don't like, they break their normal habit. So I was like, what are you doing with the show? And I just, just to organize myself, I did it all one night. I hit up everybody in one night. I woke up the next day. They all said yes. So I went back and I was like, hey, how about we just do all the shows and call it, and I did the air quotes, a festival. And everybody was like, no, Geneva, that's crazy. And I was like, we're doing it. And we did it. We put it on um, Eventbrite. And I remember somebody hit me back like, yo, I think Eventbrite got hacked. And I was like, why? It was like, because we got like 600 RSVPs <gasps> for this one show. Oh, and we were my like, gosh. crazy. Like, maybe. And so there's, there was this. There was this promoter who, he's not really part of our scene at all, so like whatever. There was this promoter who would over-register for people's stuff so nobody could register for your stuff. Ew. So like I would thinking that that would happen, that that's what was happening. And I looked and I was like, no, these are all different names. Oh. And we showed the first show at this dive bar off St. Charles, on St. Charles, tiny spot. And like we couldn't find a parking spot. And then there's people hanging outside of the bar. And we were like, oh, trivia must be going late. And we get closer. I'm like, oh, these are all black women. Wait, they're all here for us. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And then every show was like that. Even one show that had the wrong address on it was packed to the gills. Wow. So, like, and we just kept having that same success. So, it's not like Broken Pine. I was like, Broken Pine. <laughs> Big Pine, San Diego, everything Broken Jim does. Those are real festivals. We just apparently tripped on the need. And it just keeps growing. So yeah. What, so what year was that that you started? So this 2020 would have been our fourth year. So 2016. Oh my gosh. So there's so much cool stuff in that story, and it all. It's funny how comedy and everything. It's so connected. But like, there it is. You too. Wait till the documentary come up. <laughs> Are you gonna do a documentary? Well, one of my good friends, Natalie Holly, is a award winning doc- documentary filmmaker. Um, she started doing a documentary on us. She passed it to her friend, JP Noel, who finished it. So they have been following us since like the second year. It's great. And wrapped up, but there was like a whole split and, and drama and all types sure. of stuff. Um, I want to touch upon that too, but I love this idea and I heard it in the panels at this year's Big Pine. The advice that they gave us was if you don't see an opportunity, make one for yourself. And you know, you said it was an accident or you stumbled upon it, but it was like, hey, there was something missing. We put something in there. And then just that overwhelming response is like, yes, you know, how encouraging and like wonderful is that? Like, there's a supply and demand. Yeah. And it keeps me going. And then, like, all the women who pop up every year to submit and be part of it. Um, last year, I think we had 60 women, 60 black women wow. in our festival. So then when you get other festivals, I'm not going to name names, but you've seen the drama probably. Yeah. Um, you get other festivals when they do their lineup and there's not a single woman of color at all. And they say it's just very hard to find. You still there? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry about it that. It muted, yeah. It's like, um, there's, they couldn't find any talent, any black women right. talents. Like that's odd because we have sixty, and we turned all we turned away fifty. Yeah. Like so, I like I don't get what you're talking about. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, just creating that space for yourself. I think that comes back to it's 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 not so much to say. Well, we would if they would apply. You know, you you go the extra mile and you find them if they're not applying. You invite them to apply. You give them a free submission. You, you know, there's things you can do. Yeah. Hillary's been really good with that. Broken that's, Drift has been really good with that. That's where I learned it from. It's like, it's, you know, have you, I don't know if you've ever seen, and we're going to get to the wings in a minute, I swear, but this is just so, this is so good. Like, 
it's equality and justice. It's like, it's, it's just going the extra step for somebody. If you want representation, if you want diversity and you want those voices, you make it happen. Um, so I just think it's beautiful and I've enjoyed, um, and I hope it's okay. Like I try to connect you when I meet somebody who is just amazing and a great comic and a black woman, I think Geneva joy. And I'm like, you need to meet my friend Geneva. And I try Uh to connect you. Is that okay? Like, I'm like, Hey, yes. Okay. (laughs) No, some people say like, well, only black women can be a part of this festival. Well, that's not very inclusive. Like, what do you say to that? Oh my, they come out the woodworks. Like they want to um, go on public like forums of public posts and be like, oh, I'm, I can't submit. I think that, 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 that. But I think most people automatically see how stupid that is. Yeah. So like we don't engage really. Like I, I normally just delete those posts. Um, we had one woman go on, what was it? Some, I think it was like a some group post or something saying how she's a Baton Rouge comic and da 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 and she should be allowed to be in it because she's a woman. Like, this woman, I think they said she went to open mic once, like, mm. when the truth came out. Like, you're not even a comic, and if you don't see why this is necessary, then you're part of the problem. Yeah. So, like, had people do that. We've had even black men be a little upset yeah. about what's going on here. But, again, if you don't see why it's necessary, you're part of the problem. Like, I wish... A festival for all black women wasn't necessary. I really do wish that was the truth, but it's true. And then um, I feel like I've only gotten a little bit of slack from other minorities, but I will gladly help you do the same thing, right? Because I need that focus also. So if there is an op- if if you have a have a, a need and you feel like that you know Baton Rouge comedians are not represented then you should start your own festival. And if, and if you get an overwhelming response, then you know you're right. But you explained to me at Big Pine in 2019, you were explaining to me how there's so much diversity within saying black female. Exactly. Tell me a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah, I think a lot of people miss that. Like when we tell people about it, I've even seen people come to shows, um, kind of come with a friend, and then you can see them in the audience like, uh... I'm about to hear baby daddy jokes all night. Like, they think, oh, I've seen, I've, I don't understand who, what that is about. It's okay. I can still hear you. The, it's, the, it's the visual. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, okay, I don't have to do that. Um, they say that it's going to be the same jokes over and over. They think that it's going to be really redundant. They're like, oh, I've seen Monique some more. Why would I sit through a week of that? That's not all we are. Like, we're people, just like everybody else. We're people. And I think that's one thing that's going on with our country right now. The people who are the root of the trouble don't see black people or minorities as humans, as individuals, as the same as them. And when you don't see a human as a, as a person, as, as just a human they are, you believe all these other things, and then you can easily take away their rights, respect, uh-huh. same. But, okay, I'm about to say same in comedy. Let me say it like this. Comedy has a way of breaking down barriers. You're well aware of this, right? So we get these people who come to our show. You can see on their face, like, why am I here? This is about to be boring. And then they sit through seven comics who, on the surface, you think we're all black women. But then when you listen, you hear how different we can be. And I've seen people's minds open. Like, like as, as I host, and you see that one guy in the crowd just kind of, you see this moment. Hmm. Like you see that head tip. Hmm. And then they're able to say, Oh, you're like so and so. Oh, you're like me in this respect. Like I'm I joke with my friends about um there's this concept called black excellence. <laughs> and like, you know, as a black person you have to be twice as good as everything. Right. Like Sydney Portier, Ava DuVernay, we have to speak like Maya Angelou. Like I'm all for it. <laughs> like at the core I'm all for it, but I like to annoy my black friends with a I like to call black mediocrity. Like, <laughs> which is just like, we get to just also just be people. And we get to not always be this big monolith of yeah. people's imagination. Like, there's, there's black subculture. And I need the rest of America to understand the various black subcultures because then it, it helps people who don't see us as equals realize we're the same. So, like, when we do this show, I feel like I said it's a real roundabout way. 
But when we do the show, you get to say, oh, that black girl is emo. That black girl is conservative. That black girl is 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 ratchet. That black girl, <laughs> like, you could be everything. And people really open up. And then I, and then you even hear, like, people come up to you. This is the South. We're in New Orleans. So you'll get, like, a Billy Bob that'll come up to you. And be like, <laughs> you know, I never you would say, but then you, you just like my cut. And then, like, you see him open up. Yeah. And a lot to say, but... That's important to show our diversity. Yeah, I just, I think it's so wonderful. Um, based on a couple things you said, um, well, when we had this conversation last year at Big Pine, I was talking, I was interesting you to my friend Lee, and the way she says it, she doesn't present as black. She's half, but she really doesn't look, you know, she doesn't look black. So, and that was another component. It's like, there's people who have like, they're, they're mixed, or, you know, they're multicultural, or queer, or... Um, like you said, punk or emo or conservative. And then I thought, would you let Candace Owens come to your festival? <laughs> if she was funny. Like, <laughs> no, bro, if she was funny, I mean, okay. I don't so think, no. most, think her audience agrees with her. Oh but like, God. the idea of the diversity, like one of our co-founders is um, male presenting stud. So oh. like, like, so like we, we love diversity amongst us to show the world but yeah i don't think we have anybody who's extremely conservative actually <laughs> right i look that as conservative on a few issues and of course you make jokes and we find our common ground and we're able to laugh at ourselves but if candace owens had jokes why not you know i think there would be a good market <laughs> for somebody who was a conservative who could tell really good jokes in that vain they could probably get a ton of work at the convention and their birthday parties and but anyway you know if candace owens or there's a candace owens like black woman comic i do want her in the festival because what happens a lot of time with them super black conservatives that are uh, it doesn't make any sense um those super black conservatives who are working against their own benefit and good a lot of times they come out of people who have felt that they were ostracized from the larger black community. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I would love for that woman to come around and then be in a network of 60 sisters. Yeah. So snap out of that. But yeah, I would, I would definitely put her on. <laughs> she was on my mind cause I had just seen like a TikTok or something with her in it. And I was like, Oh, Candace. like I and you know. girl's right. Her curl ain't never right. <laughs> Well, I That's think it's... She, she just needs some sisters to get her hair right and, and watch Color Purple with her a few times. <laughs> It'll be better. Yeah. Only. Um, She's acting calling out for help. So, um, what are the plans for Black Girl Giggles in the future? Uh, are you having anything in 2020? Are you going to go to 2021? We didn't have our festival in 2020. We're gearing up for a bigger festival in 2021. And we're trying to, in November or so, start doing either a live show or a virtual show. We actually have a meeting coming up soon to work that out. So, cool. yeah, we took we took off because, like, as a comedian, this was weird. Like, you know, I comedians are very um, introspective. You know, we are, and we pick up on things that everybody isn't, everybody else doesn't pick up on. Yeah. So, like. This whole COVID thing has been an overload. Like there's nothing overload. to pick up on, I, except I'll make fun of what people have in their background, or I'll be like, "Oh, somebody's gonna come up behind you in a second. You know, like there's like one joke I know how to make about that. <laughs> no, but just even the mood, like that that we're empathic. That's what I want yeah. to say. So, like even just the mood of the times of the day. Like all my comedian friends are just exhausted, just exhausted. So we were just like, you know what? We're not gonna put any pressure yeah. on anybody. And then we made this decision relatively early in in the pandemic because a lot of our comics are touring comics, so they don't want to put their their comedy or their jokes out on a platform because then like they have to not have jokes when it's time to tour again. Like they have to come yeah. up with new stuff sometimes. So we were just like, no, we're going to pass this year. That's good. That is good. Um, well, I just love following, you know, that journey and that festival. I, I, you know, I really fell in love with festivals in 2019. I got to see some different ones and being part of Big Pine. It's just, I don't know, they're just fun. They're such a great time to get to meet people and to hang out. Cause when you're doing your shows normally in your town, like, you know, I don't always hang out. I got to go home. I got to go to work or 
you know, so it's just the time where we get to like bond and like get to know people. So you had some wings. I would love for you to tell me about those wings. What did you have? Most recently, um, on Wednesday, I had some garlic Parmesan wings. Mm. Place okay. in Meta, Orleans. Say that it's one more time. Say that one more time. Garlic parm from where? From Mama's Place in Metairie, um, Louisiana. That's a suburb of New Orleans. I There's only know it. I keep it. I'm so sorry. I keep stepping on it, and the and the audio is going in and out. But it was from Mama's Place in Metairie. Yes. Um, I only know Metairie because of True Blood. <laughs> oh, you know, I didn't even watch True Blood, but I can imagine that comes up. It was so good. I kind of want to watch it again. You got time? No. No, I really don't. Nowadays, I'm just always on the computer, but I'll watch just late night talk shows and that's it. So Mama's Place from Metairie, Garlic Parm. Did you, do you like bone in or do you do boneless or bone in? I don't like, I don't like the idea of calling boneless a wing. I agree. It's just a, it's a nugget. Yep. It's a chicken nugget. Exactly. Okay. I sometimes my guests will do that and I don't want to shame them publicly, but you no, you can't call it shame, a wing. Shame them. Okay. <laughs> For reasons. There's inclusivity and then there's nonsense. Yeah. And calling those wings when they're clearly nuggets, I don't allow. <laughs> what um do you prefer the drummy or the flat? Oh, that's a big that's that's a thing. Yep. Um if I have to choose, I'm going to say the flat because I like the fattiness. I love fattiness in general. Uh-huh. Um, that fatty, skinny part, like that little rib part on the bottom of the, you know what I mean, on yeah. the edge. I love that. Um, I also love how you can pull it out and kind of just pull the meat off and dip it. But I'm not one of them annoying people who would order all flats. I do think that's annoying. I'm always embarrassed when people yeah. do that. And I'm like, stop being so picky. But um, I see. I'm a flat too, um, but I'll eat some drums. That's how like like cute girls like cute hood girls. They <laughs> all I want all flats. Like no, no, you don't get it. all you flats. Fried hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Do you like a saucy wing or do you like a dry rub? Like I know you got garlic parm, which I've seen at different different places. Garlic parm is this a place- Saucy. This place was saucy. Yeah. Was this garlic parm saucy? Yeah, it was garlic parm saucy with extra parm on top. I've had them dry. You know, it really depends on where and what I'm getting. Mm -hmm. Like, my favorite wings used to be at a spot in Philadelphia called Mad Max. Mm. Um, They're actually a chain, like a a casual dining chain. Yeah. But longer in Philadelphia, although it was legendary when it was. Mad Max, and they had these wings. And which one was my favorite? Oh, the San Francisco wing. And it was like kind of Tex-Mex, but Asian-inspired. Ooh. Yeah, it was like kind of a sweet tangy with sesame seeds on it. And like, it didn't really have a... It did have a little bit of a sauce on it. But then there's other times I like just a good fried chicken wing, like my mom, like wing-ding style. It depends on who's making it. I'll have my favorite. So are you I'm, saying? I'm the, are you saying kind of like a, like a lightly breaded fried wing with no sauce? Is that like? Yeah. That's how my mom does them too. With, with just like a smidge of hot sauce. I'm not a big hot sauce fan. That's like something you do on your things? own, you know. But she serves them up just kind of fried, and that's it. That's how my dad eats them. But, but it depends on that. who. Yeah. Um. Do you do ranch or blue cheese? Only blue cheese. I think ranch is gross. Um, I'm anti-ranch. I'm an anti-rancher. I'll say that. Hot take. On all the wing fronts, I can take either side. I do not eat ranch. I hate ranch. Wow. Normally, people say that about blue cheese, and they're flexible on their ranch. (laughs) Okay. Hot take. Hot take. Do you um? Do you do the if it comes with carrots and celery? Do you do carrots or celery or both or none? I prefer the celery, but I'll take either. I like the celery to scoop up more blue cheese. <laughs> oh, because it's got the dip and got a nice chunky blue cheese. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think as I got older, I started really liking blue cheese. I didn't like it as a kid or when I was younger. But then I almost wings came as a, like, I want it, a way to eat the blue cheese. And that's kind of a fat kid problem. But uh, I mean, I'm with you on that one. Like, <laughs> like I just always like, get cheese and I will clear it out. I will, I will scrape it out. I still have not tried. I don't know if I can do the bone thing where you pull the bone out or you press it down. I've seen it now. I'm going to try it soon. Um, do you clean your wing? Oh, I, damn it. I hate always talking black stuff. I have to, like, literally. I have to. Other will come from the dead and punish yeah. me. Yeah, so I think that's a thing. And I think it's a cultural thing. It's like how you grew up, how your parents. Um, connecting all peoples of the diaspora and I like to go to Ghana and other places on the continent I've seen people there they, they'll eat the bone and then I was like oh I thought I was black yeah. <laughs> like, I thought, you know, so like they just started like crunching on that like I don't I don't I need more backstory I've seen it a few times the marrow but, like, maybe like the flavor I thought I was the most but apparently they were just well, two years ago at Big Pine, some of the guys I was interviewing, they were talking, when we were talking about cleaning a wing, they said sometimes if they're on a date, they'll go up, if the girl doesn't clean their wing, they'll go in after them and do it. And I'm like, that's like some parental stuff. Like, only my mom would do that when I was a baby. Like, she wouldn't even do it now, but that's, um, people have different thoughts on that. My, my Jack Galvin says, you know what? I paid for this food. I'll eat it how I want, you know, but I do feel guilty when I leave meat. On the bone. I'm going to censor myself on my response. To Don't that. let it. Let it go. Is that bad? The man who would go up behind a woman he's on a date with and eat the wing that she's had in her mouth, he, he'll, he'll do a lot of things than that. That's just a, that's a real PG way of saying that. I'm just saying. Uh, Geneva, I'll let you know. It was a very uh, good-looking comedian who was very successful. And... Um, yeah, now I'm thinking about it differently now, too. <laughs> well, don't be afterwards. So I um, I this. <laughs> um, how many wings can you eat? Like, if you were hungry, if it was the right time, like, what's your number? I tend to be one of the people that, like, if you have the choice between, like, 6, 8, 12, I tend to go 8. Okay. However, let it be, like, a happy hour with, like, 50 cent wings or something. I'm going to do, like... 12, 15, yeah. maybe. I yeah. feel like I've, I've eaten a large amount of wings in the past. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I could probably do about, like, 15, 20, to be honest. I think I could, too. Especially if I wasn't eating I'm anything else. Like the, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I just thought of something. Let me try this. And, and you be creative here. If you were going to create your own wing special, what would that wing special be? And it could include other food. It could, you know, what price, what flavor, what style. What's your wing special, your Wednesday night wing special at Geneva's Tavern? At Geneva's Tavern? I'm, I'm going to just steal the wing specials that we used to get, like, from, like, places in Philly, like Mad Max, O'Hara's. O'Hara used to have 50 Cent Shrimp and Wing Night on Thursdays. Like, that was always great. I think I would do... I feel like... 50 cent quarter wing specials are always crazy good. But I've always wanted to have a club that would have just like dumb specials and theme nights. And I always had this idea for something called Sickum Thursdays that was just like all plus size women getting free. Ah! <laughs> and then it'd be like $5 cheeseburger specials. And I, and I guess I would have like $5 wing plates for Thickum Thursdays or what? like $2 wing specials or something like something that go to TH. Yeah. What um what, Thursdays. What flavor would you have? Like if you you know, if it was Geneva's flavor, like what would be your signature flavor of wing? Oh my signature flavor. You know what I love but I haven't had in a long time because I'm on, I'm one of the annoying keto people now. 
in New Orleans was the first place I had it, but I feel like it's national now. Sweet Thai chili wings. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there was a spot off um Vukari Pizza off of Bourbon. Somebody took me there my first time coming to New Orleans, and then I had to go home to Philly and find Sweet Thai chili sauce. And I kept trying to convince like my local pizza wing place. I was like, you need to dip the wings in this sauce. Did they do it? No. Oh. Nobody, nobody listens until something I said becomes a fad three years later. And then they're like, oh. Well, you said it here. Okay, so we know. Um, I love, what did you call it? Thickum Thursdays? Yeah, Thickum Thursdays. You ready for that? Yeah. I recently wore, okay, I'm feeling so comfortable now. but And I'm glad, well, okay. I recently wore a two-piece that I got at Torrid. And it's the one that's, um, it's black, but it has like a rainbow on it. And it's high-waisted, and it was kind of long on the top, but it was a two-piece. And first I wore it to a pool party with my girlfriends, and then I wore it in San Diego for a minute. And I felt so empowered, and I kind of felt like that um, pool party in the show Shrill on Hulu. <laughs> but also, I felt really comfortable. And um, I don't know, I just want to... Um, I know I'm goofy, but like one of these days I want to get styled up as like one of those thick bombshell girls you know who's just like Bam. i would have thought you already did something like that you're gorgeous and you dress so well well thank you i mean i i try to dress you know when i do shows and stuff i try to dress nice but like i want to do that thing where like they wear heels with their jeans and they tuck in their shirt you know like they're just like so i don't know that's that's in this, the back of my mind is like tuck, <laughs> tuck in my shirt say it again I said you should submit for the Torrid model contest, and I think because of this conversation, I'm going to try to turn Thickum Thursdays into a show. Okay, can I do that yeah. show sometime? You you can definitely do that show. Okay, I like this. I do. Okay. I want to come to New Orleans and hang out with you, and like I'm working on a certain reason. Yeah. Get reason soon. Okay, okay I'm there. Like at this point, I'm like I'll go anywhere. <laughs> Get me out of the house. Um, yeah, and then just wear my clothes. I guess, so being brave for me is tucking in your shirt and just letting it all, anyway. Um, have fun. You know what? Wait, tell me, speaking of Thick'em Thursdays and Wings, there's an event that my gay friends go to that they won't let me come to, but I just have to stay <laughs> in my hag plate. It's called Big Boy Pride. Nice. And it's like this group of, it's like, it's like a, it's an event that happens in Miami, but sometimes the people behind it will have like trips to other places. So Big Boy Pride came to New Orleans once, but it's like plus size black gay men. They have like a conference, like a party weekend. And like, I was looking at the agenda and they had like a big party, like happy hour with a wing special. And then they have like a speedo contest. And I was like, come on. I'm here (laughs) for it. I want to go eat wings with my belly out with all the fat gay men. Like, it's going to be the best time ever. That <laughs> does sound amazing. like, no, you can't go, Geneva. Like, Do they go? let the skinny guys in? Because you know the skinny guys are probably watching from afar going, oh, hello. You know what I mean? Like, everybody. <sighs> I don't know. But, like, look up Big Boy Pride. Okay. Best time ever. It's like, I just, I want to be so bad. Like, they have, like. A big show with like an R and B act. They do like a karaoke party. They have a pool party. Like Big Boy Pride is life, and you know the wings are fire. You know and they're I, fucking. <laughs> the wings and their tea are both hot and ready, and I need to be there. Yeah, I'm gonna ask some friends if they've heard of Big Boy Pride. I think we crash it one day. We just yeah. happen to be in the main restaurant. Oh, hey, what are you doing here? Oh, what this? What? No. They need dance. Yeah, I need to dance. Oh my gosh, how fun, Geneva. What else? What else are you passionate about? Do you have time for anything else? Like, how else? Well, one, do you have time for anything else but comedy and bringing joy to people? Or what else are you interested in? I sell waist beads. I'm a hustler. So, like, I sell waist beads, and um, for a while, I was still doing promo model stuff, but I kind of, like, fell out of that. That's what I used to do a lot in Philly to make my money. Um, I like to come up with business ideas, whether I'm the best at executing them 
that's a whole nother discussion, but I will write out like whole plans and oh, research great. it and have the people in China ready to send. <laughs> like, oh. like I do all of that. Right now, that thing for me is the waste meat business that I started well, by you accident. I love that. And I saw it last year because we did that naked show and you were wearing your waist beads. Yes. That was empowering and fun, the naked show. You and I think, and I also saw it in your lip sync battle. Oh, yes. I like to take my clothes off a lot. You know, Um, I do too. I feel like people need to see this. Well, like what I like to say is a phrase from the movie um, Friday After Next. And it's life changing. It's a scene where they're arguing with their landlord, and like to kind of like bust her butt or whatever. They point out her mustache, and this woman's response. Once I heard it as an adult, changed my life. And she's like, "Fuck you! I know somebody that likes it. Sorry. Can you bleep?" I no, no, you can cuss. That's fine. Okay. But she says, "Like, forget you. I know somebody that likes it." Referring to her mustache. Yeah. And I'm watching it and laughing at the movies and it wasn't for years later that I was just watching it at home one day and that I know somebody that likes it. Like mind blowing. So like anything about yourself that you're like, Oh, I need to fix this. Or I need to change that. Trust me. There's somebody that likes it. Just like in comedy. Like yeah. everybody's funny, but you have to find your audience. And when you know your audience, you could be, you could be a super wealthy person with your audience. So, like, find somebody to like it. And there was a lady at, um, this, I, I love a good bar in happy hour. So, there's this bar in Philadelphia. I'm not sure if it's still there, but this is maybe, like, 2007. I'm, like, 27 years old. It was called Top of the Nine. It was at Ninth and Venango, deep in North Philly, the scariest place you could possibly be. Um, and I was in, I, I started doing my bingo by then. Oh, had I? So, maybe it was later than that, 2009, whatever. Um... And whatever. So I found this place, whatever, whatever. So they would have a happy hour. It's a hood bar, hood dive bar. Oh, you froze. Hold on. Stand by. Okay, there you are. Hood dive bar. Go. Oh, are you still frozen? Monday. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Go back to hood dive bar because it froze for a minute. Okay. It's a hood dive bar, top of the nine at Knife and Venango. The happy hour on Monday will start at 12 noon. This is completely against Pennsylvania liquor laws. Um, but I think it was like $2 drinks. Um, all drinks, not just well, all drinks or whatever. Like how many there was, they were so cheap. Um, there used to be a lady there who was sitting at the edge of the bar. She had like jewelry, like gold jewelry. She was an older lady. Maybe I should have said the name of the bar. But whatever. (laughs) (laughs) This woman, she wasn't a bad-looking woman at all. She was very nice. She took a real good liking to me and my friends. She had a full mustache. Oh, wow. And chest hair. Her breasts were kind of, like, saggy. You know what I mean? Like, her teeth were a little, uh. Um... But her hair was done. Her nails were done. She had jewelry on. She had this younger man answering at her beck and call. Her, um, her car keys are right there. She passed her car keys to him to go get something, to go get her purse to buy me and my friends more drinks. That was a Mercedes Benz key, right? She had a wedding ring on. We said something about her husband. She's like, no, that's not my husband. That's my boyfriend. Ah. My husband the place. And we used to look at her like, what is going on, right? But... She knows somebody to like it. She's yes. two people who kept her laced up to the point where she could buy me and my friends drink because she just thought we was young, cute girls. You know what? And that's... I, I said that, to say that, but know somebody that likes it. Yeah. And it's neat that, like, it does... I think it takes you a while to kind of learn that. And if the, or the younger you learn it, the better off you'll be. Unfortunately, I feel like I heard it, you know, way late. And I'm just now going, well, you just got to find somebody who likes it. Um... You know what I I was thinking about? There was this small scene in the show Atlanta where him and his girlfriend, they're in bed, and he, like, smells her, and he was like, you stink or whatever, and she's like, you love it, and he goes, I do. And that stood out to me as, like, when you when you like somebody, it doesn't stink. It's like, oh, that's my, that's how they smell. You know what I mean? Like you don't. And I was thinking about like um, different guys that I've liked or whatever. This one guy was a chef and he always stank of like food and hard work and cigarettes. And it was probably really gross. But like 
in your mind, it became, oh, that's him. Oh, you know, and it's oh, like, yeah. you just got to find like, the right audience. The fate of a Newport on the main. Say it again? <laughs> the fate whiff of a Newport. <laughs> I smoke. But I've, I've fallen in love with men who smoke Newports before. And a little bit of plastic carton tobacco mintiness. <laughs> like, just, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and also those are um, that's nature, you know. Like those are your pheromones and all that. I know we're getting all weird, but um, tying it back to comedy, yeah. I've I, recently I've been trying to tell myself, Mary, you don't, because I get intimidated with the super comics who everybody loves, everybody talks about, and I go, I'm not like them, and I'm like, that's okay. I just need like 200 fans of me a night you know, for a weekend, and then that will have been my success, or at least starting to. Yeah, I think somebody was talking about that at Big Line one time, like how there's so many, like we all think when we start doing comedy that if we're not the next Ellen or Chris Rock or something that we failed, but there's so many paid, wealthy comedians that most of America don't know yeah. because they're touring, they're doing corporate, they're working their, their ethnic niche, there, you know what I mean? Like, find your audience. And especially in the world of podcasting, like, that, you could just make your life. Like, that's why these internet comedians, ugh, gag, um, are, are growing so rapidly because on Instagram, the people who like you follow you, the people who don't, don't. So they get this big boost of the thousands of people that like them as if the world doesn't have billions of people. And, like, they get to rise up and buy mansions and have this whole big following when they're never really telling the joke, gag. Um, <laughs> shadiness, right? Right, no, um, yeah. But, like, know somebody that likes it. Like, find you somebody that likes it. And fatness, jokes, whatever. Just find you somebody that likes it. Somebody loves everything you're doing. Well, that's now, what I was you thinking. Like <laughs> I think there's more women like me out there that can identify with the things I'm talking about, you know, like it's just because we're not represented maybe on TV as much or, or here or there, like they're there and it's underserved. So, you know, yeah, this is, yeah, that's a good point. That's got me thinking. Look, try to describe yourself in the porn search and then you'll see how much people like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I never thought about that. Porn search and be like, oh, I am beautiful. <laughs> so look yourself up at a. What would I search? What would be my porn search if I was looking for people like okay, me? Okay, what is the thing about yourself that you think make you less beautiful? Wait, oh, like you. I, I mean, I'm gonna say like being curvy. Um, I think at 42, I'm probably a milf now or even a grandma when it comes to porn. Okay. Um, it'd be like curvy milf, almost Latina, <laughs> goofball, like nerd. Yes, I'm telling you, you look that up. It's going to be like... What would you look up to find you? Huh? What would you look up? Would you like um, natural... Like, you know, natural plus size, busty, black, older woman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it. You guys, this is a like fun game. Smart mouth. <laughs> and then you see like how many people love that and, and, and subscribe to that. Junkie room plus size. Like, like <laughs> Stretch oh. marks. <laughs> Thrift store dress <laughs> upskirt. Like, you know, just whatever. <laughs> Big complainer. <laughs> <laughs> I did learn. Ridden. <laughs> Mildly <laughs> funny. Yeah, like somebody likes it. Good personality. <laughs> Oh, that is so much fun. Oh my gosh, we've been talking for a while. Um, we And we've only really scratched the surface of the comedy. You have a podcast also. Tell me a little bit about that. My very inconsistent new podcast is called Geneva's Joys. Love it. Because I'm just same. Um, But it's me talking about, with people, three things that bring joy in your life. And I started it just as a reminder, because I get down, especially during COVID, just, you just get down and you can only focus on the negative things. But just by taking the 30 minutes or more to focus on the things that bring joy, it really is a mood booster. So I'm hoping it helps boost other people's moods too. Yeah. That's all. Let me ask you this. 
you, you know, you saw an opportunity to create a space for black women in comedy. And instead, and you could have just said, I'm going to do this on my own. I don't need to help anybody. I need to help myself. Um, you're focused on, you know, the positive and you, you do have this light about you. Where does that come from? Is that from, you know, like somebody in your life or is that just in you? Like, where does that come from? Um, I, I wish I really could. I guess I can't put it in it. My mom is very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Content in a way that used to confuse me. Like I grew up in the church, like the apostolic holiness church. Like my mom doesn't wear pants. Uh. So in general, it was always, you know, like focus on God. Don't let the world distract you or bring you down. Like, and I'm not the most Christian like living person now, but I do have a very strong sense of conviction of like, um, not hurting other people, not intentionally trying to deceive people or use people and things like that. So like, I think that's where it comes from just that. And then like, I know some people have a lot of church hurt from their past. Mm. I was very fortunate to not have that. So like at my church, everybody was honest and proper and hardworking and just a bunch of nice people. You know mm. what I mean? Like, so I guess that's like, I guess like almost black Ned Flanders, like, <laughs> so I think that's where it comes from. It just comes from that upbringing. That's really nice. Um, I feel like it's something I had to kind of learn. Um, not that my parents aren't nice people, but like, um, especially like my mom, I think she grew up, she grew up in Mexico. And then in Mexico, you, when you kind of get old enough, you go up to Tijuana, which I've heard you are obsessed with and you work. And that's kind of like you're, you have to be a hustler. People are trying to take advantage of you. It's a hard life and you're working and all of that. And so I feel like there was this essence of like, not trusting people, take care of yourself and your family, and and maybe critical to those who like, I don't know, had it all. So I think as I've gotten a little older and gotten work work in in a just around more people, I like I had to like, oh you like my friends who volunteer like we didn't grow up volunteering, and I see like my friends and their children, they're teaching their kids, you know, you do things for others, and I'm like. We didn't do that, you know, and so it's just it's it's interesting. That's why it's curious. I totally get you. I was growing up in crack era Philadelphia, like, and luckily three times a week I was in this place with all these happy people, and like it wasn't like they were oblivious. Like they had their struggles. There are a few people there that just like I mean we might say stuff with some sass and sting to it, but generally. At any time that my mom might have been struggling or suffering or we didn't know where something like the, the money was going to come from, here is somebody from the church pulling up with with a microwave and the, the money for the light bill or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was it was always this, we all going to work it out together and God is going to help us type of yeah. vibe. It's in praise services and things like that. So, like, I think, and I'm not, I don't think I've ever processed this until you just told me this. A lot of people are like, what are you? Are you? Why do you act like this? Why are you phony? I'm not. Like, this is really wow. I hadn't processed it until now, but oh, yeah, this is where like they were just they were happy with the joy of Jesus. Well, <laughs> I'll tell just, you what I thought, and I usually do, I don't say like I didn't. I wanted to hear you tell me, but I was like, I bet you your grandmother or your mother was just a really neat person who did things for people and that's where, you know, that's kind of what I thought you would say and that's, that is kind of what you saw. But it is mm-hmm. interesting to see like how we are manifestations, you know, of the people who, right. who raised us. And um, I have seen my folks, they are softer in their old age and as, you know, situations change and evolve, like they're nicer. But, but I also, I'm very grateful for my mom's like critical, I think I'm good at reading people. And, um, not to be too judgy, but like, I'm just a good read at people. And I think I get that from my mom, even though she's critical, but, um, that's interesting. I like that though. That is nice. It sounds like they chose optimism or they chose kindness. And it's like this intentional choice you have to make every day, I think. Yeah. And I, and I'm not flawless at all. Like I can, I can be mean. Yeah. I can be mean. But then... I'm not mean often because I feel really bad afterwards. Like I can't, 
I can't just lie to somebody. I can't just, you know, defame, like, you know what I mean? I can't just do the shady stuff. I might have a comment, but immediately I'm just going to be like, <laughs> hey, I was talking about you. Like, like foolishly stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, like, it, it was that church upbringing. That's nice. Yeah. So you don't have to talk about this, but I did just bring it up. You were talking to me a little bit. You're kind of obsessed with Tijuana. Um, where where did that start? Why and what do you want to do? Because I know people. Okay, the next time I'm on the West Coast, I'm going to Tijuana. I've been obsessed with going to Tijuana since I was a kid. I used to want to run away when I was... Okay, so if you want to go to Tijuana, I know Tijuana. Like, I'm from San Diego, and we used to go... If I had friends coming from out of town, I'd be like, let's go to Tijuana. And we would drive down there. You park on this side. And then you, like, walk across or get in a cab across or a bus. You go down to Revolution Street. And that's the main drag with all the bars and the shops. Um, And then we would just, like, eat. And they would, you know, everybody's on you, like, wanting you to buy stuff, selling you drinks. Um, And then we'd usually get too drunk and kind of stumble back across the border um but it's changed a lot but it's it's i think tijuana might be the most populated city on the west coast to be honest and there's a lot of southern californias southern californians who um live in tijuana my family almost moved there once like in 93 or something my dad didn't want to work anymore my mom's mexican and they commute they live in tijuana they just commute to san diego it's dirty. I've seen that. I've seen that. And I've seen how all the drama with Border Patrol and like how unfair they're being to people. It's it's just stupid. It's stupid and inhumane. It's the thing I was talking about earlier, how people don't see other people as human as they are. And it's just like, would you do that to your neighbor? No, then you can't do it to them either. What's sad and that, what and this is what I think of when you said that is people try to cross and you have to go through a very treacherous desert climate to get over um people take advantage of people and and take their money and say i'll get you across and they whatever um like human trafficking and it's like if you if opportunity and a good life was like 50 miles that way would you go it's like of course like yes right people aren't thinking of them as human they're thinking of them as just like oh i'm just crossing the border everyone's freaked out about the border but that's why tijuana can be a little dangerous because it's a um it's a place where really people collect, maybe as they're waiting to get across legally or illegally. So then anytime you have a lot of people, you have people who want to take advantage of those people. And that can be a little scary. So Is that why leave your car? I'm sorry? Is that why we leave the car and come over by cab? You know what? I think back then I would leave the car because I didn't want to drive in Mexico. Because if you get in an accident, the person could be like, you know, do you owe me $500 right now? Or I'm going to call the police. And then the police will just take you to jail. Even if it wasn't your fault, like being an American or, you know, you're, so it's best just not to have that view. And people drive crazy. They just like, so it's best not to, I don't recommend driving. Hmm? I said, I've been arrested overseas. I get it. (gasps) You have? That's a whole nother. What? (laughs) Ghana. I was arrested in Ghana. What did you do? Um, I had very trace amounts of a substance on me. Oh, man. I'm glad you're... Like the what leftover in the baggie situation. No. I don't even really partake like that. I just happened to have it from the beach. And I mentioned it to somebody in the car that I had this little bit. And the only reason I didn't sew it out was because the person who gave it to me was an artist and like lived on nothing almost. So I was like, even though it was barely anything, he might want it back versus me just throwing it away. But we wanted him not going to the beach. So I told somebody else who was staying, like, if you want it, you could probably add it too. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's how little it was. And didn't realize, in hindsight, the cab driver set us up. So he drove us to, like, a, a shakedown police stop, like, traffic stop. And they only came for me. They only went through my stuff. And then the guy, it's, like, so, it's a hilarious story that I haven't figured out how to turn into a set yet but um yeah they extorted me out of like three hundred dollars and i think that's that's the thing a lot of people don't realize if you've never been to a a, like a i don't know if i call it like a third world country or a different kind of country where 
your law, your rules here, this shit does not apply and they don't care. And you have to play the game. And I mean, I'm glad I'm aware of that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's crazy because, like, my friends are always shocked how oddly patriotic I can be. Like, I'm no Candace Owens at all. But, sure. like, I'm very pro-Black. I'm very, like, civil rights, freedom, justice. But on the other hand of it, not even on the other hand, as part of that deal, I'm an American. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm American, and I have all the rights to be an American as anybody else. My ancestors' blood is in this soil. This is my, this, you know, this is mine. Absolutely. So like, I'm a, I'm from Philadelphia. You know, we love 4th of July in Philadelphia. But I'm going to wear my red, white, and blue. I'm going to dare you to say something to me. And I'm going to exercise every single one of my rights. And just like I'll fight somebody here to try and take my rights away, I'll fight anybody for my rights. So, like, um, another reason I'm, I am so oddly patriotic is because I have traveled. And I've seen what it's like to not have those rights. And mind you, this is Ghana. This is my motherland. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is where I feel like one of the most welcome and, you know, cause it's good to like, I'm pretty sure you know, like when you go to Mexico, not being other feels good when you're part of the thing. But I still don't fit in with them either, but. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I, definitely same thing. Yeah. But like you go to Africa and it's like, they don't have all the rights that we have. They don't have the processes we have. And yeah, there's holes in our process. Yeah, there are people who abuse our processes, but they're there. And the core of it is based on doing what's right. So now we just got to fix the people in power who are not doing what's right. But at least we have the outline for it. Yeah. So I love what you said there. And I think it is so true and so relevant right now. And one thing I've been so sick of is people on that side thinking they own patriotism and they own you know like and it's like no like I'm liberal but I am so patriotic you know I mean I have a, a military veteran father and an immigrant mother and it's like I would maintain just like you just said I'm more patriotic because you know the the, the blood your ancestors spilled here and it's and I'm tired of everything being so divisive um, you don't mm-hmm. own patriotism people um, so yeah, it's such, so thank you for that. I know I went on a rant one day and it's a joke. I was trying to formulate a joke, but pretty much about how I was like, I've shocked this body, this guy at, a, um, just like, I might be reaching for the same, these colors don't run at a rural Walmart as you, like just to, yeah. just to freak the head out. Like. Red, white, and blue on me all day. <laughs> I loved it when Pride came out with a don't tread on me flag with the rainbow in the back. Like, you know what? We can gun up too, people. You know, like, and, and I'm pissed right now. Where's the NRA standing up for Breonna Taylor? Because her boyfriend got a gun and, and was, isn't that exactly that argument of the government's going to come, you know, and, and do whatever? And it's like, that's what they were doing. So how come the NRA is not supporting them? You know, like, I want it to be like, don't tread on me either. Yes. And I just don't get that. I just, that's, I'm just so frustrated. What, what, we're, what we're dealing with here, and whether it's race, sexuality, religion, whatever, it's just people are not being empathetic to other people. You know what I mean? Like, mind you, I said I grew up extremely Christian, but I was also taught to be tolerant. Like, even if at your core you don't believe that the, what the other person does, is true or right or whatever, you still have no right to harm them, stop them, anything. All you can do as even as a good Christian is, this is my, like, this is my light. Yeah. Here's a choice for you. Like, 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 and even then, like, that's a little bit, not even then, I gotta get my words right. Like, I was raised with people who believe very strict dogmatic things. However, if you walked in that church exhibiting something that they didn't believe, they weren't going to yell at you. They weren't going to harm you. They weren't going to kick you out. They're just going to tell you this is what we believe, or they're just going to show you by example and be open for you. So like, you don't have to agree with anybody. You don't have to believe the same thing, but what you have to do is respect people, not harm other people, and be honest. And people have a real hard problem doing that, which does, and it's because they're afraid too. Yeah. They're afraid. They believe the lies they were told by whoever about the other person. And it's foolish. 
So like when I meet these type of people or I see these type of people, I just, I, I'm not, I'm rarely ever angry about it because yeah. I'm just like, they need help. Like they're sad. Well, we've got it figured out, Geneva. <laughs> I know. We're so brilliant. Well, that's another reason why comedy works. Like, like yeah. I tell, I tell a drink, of, a joke about reparations where I get white people to buy me alcohol as a form of reparations. It works wonders. I love it. Um, but like, it also gets something clicking in a lot of people's minds. Like, yeah, they laugh at it, but then they think about it. And then there's a conversation to be had. Even if it's not with me, there's a conversation to be had. So, like, use your comedy. Make those, like, jokes. Like, poke fun at it because they'll laugh. And then when you're laughing, you're thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do it. I love it. And on that note, I've had a great time talking to you. I could talk to you for a lot longer. Uh, where can people follow you, Geneva? Um, at Geneva Joy on anything. At Geneva Joy. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I'd love to do it again because there's so much here, and I just feel so great when I talk to you. Um, thank you, and thanks for joining us on Wings with Friends, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I can't wait till we can have wings in person. Yes. Oops. Yes. Me too. Pick them Thursdays. Coming to town in you.